For streaming, creating, gaming, and more, power your passions for less during Dell's exceptional Cyber Savings event. Enjoy up to $400 off stunning laptops like the XPS, along with high-performance desktops and next-level Alienware systems, redefining what's possible with 10th-gen Intel Core processors. Shop special prices on top-brand electronics and accessories, plus enjoy free shipping on everything. Don't forget to ask for Intel when you call 1-800-BUY-DELL. That's 1-800-BUY-DELL. Happy Friday, beautiful people. It is Friday, January 23rd, nope, 24th, 2020, Pro Bowl weekend, Super Bowl's next weekend. Today is two days after the Zion Williamson era has begun in the NBA. I'll break that down today. I think what I'm going to say, what you're going to hear me say, might be a little bit different than what everybody else said. Honestly, got a great interview and conversation with Darius Butler, who has known Aaron Hernandez since they were children. Grew up in the same area, basically. That was a wild conversation. Also, he breaks down the San Francisco 49er defense. I think you're going to enjoy the hell out of today. We are going to send you into the weekend in a beautiful fashion. And maybe this weekend is the weekend that you go to a live event. Maybe you go to a comedy show. Maybe you go to a concert. Hell, maybe you get all sophisticated, like, and cultured up and go to a play. You know, the theater. Maybe you're going to the Pro Bowl. Whatever you're going to, if it's a live event, the presenting sponsor of this show The first ever sponsor of this show is the greatest ticket buying platform on planet Earth for every live event because they scan every other ticket buying platform. Make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. So if you're going to buy tickets right here on Earth and the moon, you utilize SeatGeek. Right now, you use promo code PAT. You get $10 off your first order. Promo code McAfee, you get $20 off your first order. They're giving things away. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Get some tickets to a concert for your lady. You know, get some tickets to a game for your man. For your man, your man. Or just get out there and live a little. You're alive, but are you living? Live a lot and go experience something live with our friends at SeatGeek. All right, let's get to the show. Being joined in Indianapolis, Indiana by an entire cast of characters that I truly enjoy spending the days with at Boston. Connor is on the casting couch, sitting on the other side of the couch. A Canadian illegal immigrant, Gumpy, is here. Thankful to have you here, Gumpy. Thankful to be here, Pat. Your beard looks very good. Very, very good. It's getting some grays in there. And you said you have something you want to talk about. What was it today? The internet does not like Zion, apparently. I did not know that. Which is wild to me because Zion, in my eyes, is a representative of the internet in the NBA. I'll talk about it here in a second. At Nick Baralda's on ones and twos. Tone Diggs is here. Ty Schmidt's here. Jason McAfee. Viva Lazito. Evan Foxy. And Todd McComas is on the phones. The Zion era began in the NBA. Now it was delayed, obviously three quarters or so nothing happening and happening until the fourth quarter and i have an issue here okay maybe it's because i hammered every single zion line that i could absolutely hammer his over under was at 13 and a half we all knew that was going to go over there was an odds boost on Fanduel that he get more than 10 points we all knew that was going to go over there was a plus 10,000 bet for a triple double which would have been possible if any of his teammates didn't shoot like evan foxy Whoa. when foxy has to shoot for a thousand dollars called for i don't like i don't like the mindset that Zion was in in that first quarter, in the second quarter, even in the third quarter. I did not enjoy watching that. The entire world was hyped up for this start. Zion Williamson, this guy that we've been watching since he was a child, dunk on little white kids in South Carolina. Then when he went to Duke, everybody was like, he's not going to be able to do what he did on the internet at Duke. These are bigger kids now. These are the best athletes in the world. He did the same damn thing there. Now, Coach K couldn't win a national championship with him, which makes me think well, maybe Coach K has lost it a little bit, but that's neither here nor there. He leaves, becomes the number one pick to the New Orleans Pelicans, who have a great trend of taking care of their players. Oh, yeah. 
You know, Anthony Davis didn't want out of there at all. They have a great trend of taking care of their players. He ends up there. They tell us that he needs meniscus surgery. Uh, they tell us that they're teaching him how to walk, how to run. And his thing gets delayed 44 games or something along those lines. 44 games we have to wait for one of the most electrifying basketball players to ever step foot on this earth. The biggest hype machine in basketball since LeBron James. We had to wait 44. He said he wanted to play last week, right? Zion comes out and says, like, listen, and I'm ready to go. The Pelicans are holding him back, you know, in lieu of a good future, which I can respect if that's what they're looking out for, for Zion. Now, Zion makes his debut. He starts, they introduce him second, okay? They introduce him second. Your team is 17 and 27, okay? Everybody's watching that game because of Zion. You sold out the Smoothie King Center because of Zion, and you introduce him second and have somebody follow up after him. That was my first issue. That's when I knew, okay, we have a little bit of a problem with the Pelicans here. Obviously, he should be introduced last. Let's just, we know it. It's his debut. He was the first pick of the draft. Everybody's watching NBA on ESPN at 9.30 because of him. Well, That's one mishandling in my eyes, okay? So now they're like, Zion... You'll be introduced second. You're whatever. You're not the star of this team. We've been playing without you for 44 games. And, I, and it was obvious that the message that was sent to Zion by his coach, Alvin Gentry, who was fired from the Phoenix Suns, then he won a championship or a couple with the Golden State Warriors on the bench with Steve Kerr coaching. Now he's the head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans, who have a 17-27 and 27 record. 17-27 and 27 record. What Zion should have been told before that game was, hey, listen, Zion, you can do no wrong tonight. The entire world is watching your debut. Everybody has been watching you dominate on the internet for all these years. When you get in there tonight, you shoot your shot. You have the time of your life. Know that nobody in this locker room or in this organization is expecting much from you. We understand you haven't played since the preseason. You go out there and do whatever the hell you want to do. You're the face of our franchise. You're the reason this place is sold out. We are thankful for you. You get that rock and you go make magic. Instead, what I think was told to him was, Zion, you're a part of a team. You're not going to be able to do what you did in Duke here. This is a team that's already operating. You pass the ball. We have good players. Because whenever he was on the court, he looked scared to death. As soon as he got the ball, he didn't even look at the basket the first three times. And everybody's like, well, what if that's Zion? You think Zion, this natural-born killer on a basketball court, is going to get scared to go to the rack? No, he was obviously told by Alvin Gentry to play team basketball and to do this and do that. And let's not get crazy. Because every single time Zion got the ball he would I don't even think he looked at the hoop for the first four minutes he was on the court of a five-minute run I don't even think he even took a peek at it he was so scared he was passing the ball all over the place I thought he was going to get a triple double if any of his teammates could shoot I think he would have had 10 assists in the first quarter <laughs> because he was refusing to go to the basket then finally in the fourth quarter Zion I think somebody in the crowd said Zion enough with the crap <laughs> Take it to the rack. And he just started dominating. Four for four from three. When everybody talked about in college, well, he can't shoot. He can't shoot. He didn't have to shoot. He used to just be able to jump over everybody. Gets hurt, works on his three a little bit, banging those in, grabbing rebounds, making the best athletes in the world look amateur. And I think if Alvin Gentry would have made Zion feel the way he felt in the fourth quarter going into the first quarter, he possibly drops 95 points last night. 95 <laughs> points last night. I am so pumped up about the Zion. He looked in terrible shape. He looked in the worst shape that he's ever looked. He looked like he possibly gained 45 to 50 pounds in the last couple. And he was still dominant on the basketball court whenever he wanted to be. Once he gets in shape, gets his diet together, maybe gets a coach that wants him to succeed. Maybe just like the internet, everybody will come around. I'm excited for the next 10 years of dominance for Zion Williamson. Don't love that he's in New Orleans for the Pelicans. <laughs> love the city of New Orleans. Like what the Saints got going on. Don't love the Pelicans organization. Having them go out second, basically, and I, I didn't like that. I am pumped for the Zion era to begin, and thanks for making me a lot of money last night, Zion. You had a good fourth <laughs> quarter, not only for yourself, but for, uh, for me, a very good fourth quarter. Eight for 11 from the field, 1.4 points per minute played. His teammates were 0 for 3 on three balls that he passed to them. I mean... It reminds me of Lamar Jackson. Well, what if he gets hurt? Well, what if we don't ever get to enjoy how good he really is? That's real. Right? That's real because there was a lot of people, like whenever he came out, and it, like Colin Coward said Zion's debut, 
big dud or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it was it was it was very boring there <laughs> for a little bit. It was very yeah. very boring. It's being and whenever it didn't even look like the same person. Like it literally didn't. He looked scared to even have the ball in his hands. And I think that was the team. I think that was them telling him like, hey, remember team basketball. This isn't like Duke. This isn't like those little white kids you were dunking on in high school. This is a different world up here. It's like. Was that what LeBron was being told whenever he came into the league? I doubt it. I think LeBron wore those saggy shorts. He had that weird, he had a t-shirt on, I think, under his thing, and he was just taking it to the rack every time. It, it, like, let's, your team stinks. They're 17 and 28 now. You got the number one pick. He's ready to go. They take him out. They say a doctor told him to take him out. I can respect that. They're also the same franchise that said they had to teach him how to walk again. It's just like, I don't know if I love the way the Pelicans have handled this whole thing, but I am pumped that Zion's out there dominating again. It's tough to think that he would end up signing with that. Like, it feels like this is, he's going to be there and then he's going to go to either LA or New York or something like that. Like, I, I just, I don't think New Orleans is, is a place where he's going to stay. You can't imagine that he would. Well, I mean, I forgot Lonzo Ball played basketball until last <laughs> night. He should have been the most thankful, by the way, that Zion's on their team because I forgot he was even playing in the NBA until last night. Now, I know NBA fans probably know that and they watch, I, don't, I didn't watch a lot of NBA games. I watched on Christmas. I watched, uh, mm-hmm. I watched on uh, Martin Luther King Day and then this, I obviously he watched strictly for Zion's debut. I forgot Lonzo Ball was even in the NBA. He looked pretty good too. Yeah, he, yeah, he got better. Good. Yeah, he, he looked pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Good for Lonzo. Yeah. This, this team is going to beat the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs. All right. They are Tony <laughs> because of Zion. I respect that. He if helps it's because of he Zion. helps. But I mean, Brandon Ingram is really, really good. Drew Holiday's good. They had a lot of injuries to start the year and the connection. Yeah, too. The number one pick in the well, draft yeah, was him injured. Too. But them acting as they're treating him as if he's just some schlub. It's like this is the guy. Start feeding the guy. Make him the focal point of your off. What are we even doing? You look at how good Marant's done on the Grizzlies. They gave him the keys. Here. This is your what is team. He French. Yep. <laughs> Marant. He's the only Canada. reason. The only reason that game was on TV was because Zion was playing, and they introduced him second. Like I can't that, believe. As soon that. as I saw they introduced him second, I was like. Yeah. Oh, no. No, this is why Anthony Davis wanted the hell out of here. New Orleans, by all accounts, great city. Saints, great franchise, great organization. Beignets. Love the players. Love Drew Brees. Love the fans. Have always loved our time. That Pelicans organization, I think, is a real problem. I think they're a real problem. I am not happy that my guy that I've been watching for like 45 years on the internet, just dunking on everybody, has ended up in this, this trap of a, think about if Zion was told, you go do whatever the hell you want tonight. We are a bad team. 17-27. We, we are not a great team. There's not Nobody's even talking about us to do anything. You're the number one pick. We haven't even been on television since. I mean, the, nobody even knows we exist. You go out and do whatever the hell you want. If he was told that and he was a little bit looser, do you think what happens in the fourth quarter potentially happens earlier? Maybe they win that game against the San Antonio Spurs? Like, is that something that maybe should be thought about? Instead, I think it took a while for him to get comfortable and all that stuff. But I think it's a coach's job to get a mindset of a player comfortable. And for me, I think Alvin Gentry failed on that. And I hope it goes better going forward that he proved himself now. The number one pick in the draft proved himself in the fourth quarter now. Maybe they'll let that offense run through the guy. One of Zion's main pros, though, throughout his career and throughout, and they talked about a Duke, how, is how unselfish he was. Yeah, good guy. Yeah, so I don't know if, if Gentry told him, hey, you're not a superstar. This is the NBA all that or maybe Zion's just really unselfish and Zion didn't even look at the hoop he didn't even look at the, he was passing the ball to people I didn't even know played in the NBA <laughs> just well, let's go it's your team pal if he's if he's getting the ball and passing or whatever that's cool with me but it, it's like it looked like he was scared and it's like maybe that if if people are saying no that's because Zion was scared to be there it's like well it's a coach's job to get a guy into a groove it's a coach's guy to motivate a guy it's a coach's uh, job to make sure everybody knows like, hey, we are going through this guy whether he likes it or not. It's like, come on, man. The guy's number one pick in the draft. And they say they're trying to protect him. Well, look at where he got hurt. Playing in the preseason worth nothing. Absolutely nothing. So if you were trying to protect him, it should have started then. Well, and he, mm-hmm. by the way, fourth all time in preseason scoring. I saw that little stat yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He looks like he's potentially 290, 300 pounds. They said he was 285. <laughs> I don't know when that weigh in was. He looks big. He looks bigger than he's ever looked. He's going to have <laughs> yeah. to lose that weight. But man, he is just a different, different dude how than about, every other human walking. How about the fat shaming on oh, the broadcast? Wow. Oh, oh, my God. Oh. For the first five minutes. How about that, Zito? I was. Offended. So was I. 
I don't like the guy. Like, hey, let's take it easy, huh? <laughs> no. You don't like Zion or the other yeah, guy? Yeah, he's a Duke guy. I'm a UNC. I'm a alum. That's why a lot of people hate him. It's just because yeah. he's Duke. And he's been talked about for 10 years. Yeah. Well, for a reason. Like, what do you want yeah, the guy to do? Because he's a beast. He's been dunking from the foul line since he's 11 years old. I, mean, he's just I, I was just telling you laughing. why. The, you asked why the internet hates him, and I told you why. You weren't happy with the answer. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We weren't happy with the answer because we think those people are stupid. Go but, Heels. By the way, Alvin Gentry, not a great coach. Not a great coach. Yeah. He's 162 and 211 with the Pelicans. Get him out. Get him out of there. What are we doing? Are we trying to protect this kid? Are we trying to make him the... Now, granted, people that said Odell Beckham Jr. was a 27-year-old kid, wrong. I think if somebody's 19 years old, we can still say kid. If somebody's trying to protect this kid and get him in good hands, I know Alvin Gentry won a championship up there on the Golden State Warriors bench. Imagine how Steve Kerr would have had Zion Williams, Williamson ready to go last night. Steve Kerr would have been like, hey, man, listen, tonight... You do whatever the hell you want to do. I'm excited to watch it. If you can get a 360 Duncan, go ahead and do that. You do whatever the hell you want to do tonight. We are 17 and 27. 17, because I didn't know much about them. Diggs told me yesterday that the, the I think you, somebody. Some First bat, defense stinks. Yeah, they stink in that the Pelicans run a little bit of a runner. So oh, yeah. Yes, they are. Big time. I was like, okay, so his Pelicans team might, must be near good or something like that. So it might be tough for Zion to get in there, just like with the Green Bay Packers when Devontae Adams came back and the mm-hmm. offense was rolling. Mm-hmm. It's hard to just drop in a superstar whenever something's rolling. And then I saw the record of 17. This team stinks. This team stinks. They're young, too, so he could easily just come in and be the guy right away, but they're just choosing not to. I didn't like that. I, I, I think it's going to have to change. I first. do think he showed incredible maturity last night, oh, yeah. though, because I think going into the game, everyone assumed like you're going to get like three or four of those like posterization dunks, and he was just doing what the defense gave him, hitting those open threes. If he can hit uncontested and open threes like that, People are going to have a serious problem well, with Andy him. struggled very hard for three quarters in the scoring department and then just to be able to pop off in the fourth quarter, I think that's a lot of mental strength. I, Zion, I am a massive Zion fan. Massive Zion fan. Just because whenever you can see a human that can do things that other humans cannot do, which is what he's been doing on the internet for like, literally like it feels like the past 10 years i'm like i thought he was a representative of the internet almost in the nba to hear that the internet hates him i don't love that i know that's our guy hey zion is literally our guy on the internet this is our dude over there i'm exact i'm excited to see what he does i hope they can get him a little bit better uh you know maybe support from the coaching position yeah i mean they're only four games out of the eight spot i think they're i think they're gonna get it yeah, because if they're going to give the damn, Zion's going to have to steal opportunities from that team somehow. Not, run the offense through the guy. Mm-hmm. Just run the offense through the guy. What are you going to do, lose some more games? You've already lost it almost 30 times. Like, let's let's just run off. I, now, granted, maybe he wasn't practicing as much. So they couldn't change their offensive set, things like that. I can understand the excuses. But to me, it just felt like Zion was a little bit trigger hesitant. Nope. Trigger shy? There we go. Mm-hmm. Trigger shy. He was introduced second in the team intros out of five. Second. No sense. Not even third or fourth or second. It's like, come on. Who's going after him? I'll tell you. Somebody that can't hear his name because <laughs> <laughs> the arena is going bonkers for the guy. Wouldn't the spot be fifth, though? Wouldn't you want to be fifth? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Last. Yeah. Imagine if he went to New York, man. They would have treated him so good. If Zion would have went to New York? Yeah, because they were the one that's supposed to have the number one pick. Oh, yeah, because they, they stunk for it. Yeah. Now, that's another thing the NBA does that's stupid. You you tank an entire season so you can get a 17% chance to get the number one pick overall. It's terrible. That makes no sense at all. I, I mean, wouldn't have put it by the Knicks, like, ruining his knee, though. I mean, that terrible organization. Like, uh, he, he might, right. you know. Good yeah. point. He may have never they, played again if, if he they, went there. If they taught him how to walk and run, yeah. it would not be the same story. <laughs> Speaking of New York, not... Not an easy place to play and be a professional. A lot of eyes on you, spotlight on you for a long time. There's a man that called it quits just yesterday after a very, very award-winning career. Can't say successful because he actually batted 500 in his attempts. But what doesn't get talked about enough about Eli Manning, not only did he stop Tom Brady from winning two more Super Bowl rings, which would have been eight Super Bowl rings in a completely insufferable world to, to live in. If if the New England Patriots in Tom Brady had eight Super Bowl rings, imagine what the mass holes like Boston Connor, please shoot him. Yikes. Would have been like if they had two more Super Bowl rings. Oh. It would have been absolutely insufferable so not only did he stop that okay not only did he have 117 wins which is more wins than let me get these stats out terry bradshaw jim kelly 
Steve Young, Troy Aikman, Roger Staubach, Warren Moon, Ken Stabler, Dan Fouts, Joe Namath, Kurt Warner, Bob Greasy. Most of that list is Hall of Fame company right there. I think all of that list is Hall of Fame company. He has more wins than all of those people. He has two Super Bowl rings, and he did it all while being in New York City, which is not an easy place to play, and he handled it in a pretty classy fashion. I mean, the most bad PR he's ever gotten is the fact that he tried to he traded himself from the Chargers mm-hmm. to New York, and also that he um, got benched by for Geno Smith. Those are the only bad things that are ever really talked about Eli Manning. Everything else is kind of legendary. He's playing Flip Cup at a West Virginia bar in New Jersey a couple weeks ago. All his teammates like him. There's all these stories coming about about or out about these things he does behind the scenes that nobody hears about, whether it's tipping or hosting events or doing things like this and giving back to charity. Eli Manning is a lock for the Hall of Fame. Not because of what he did on the field, because what he did on the field was very impressive. A lot of people get caught up in the fact that he also lost 117 games. But the wins that he had, the Super Bowl that he has, it's all adding up for the fact that Eli Manning is a first ballot Hall of Famer. In five years from now, another Manning is going to get into the Super Bowl. And now this marks the first time in how many years? No Manning? Uh, since 1998. No Manning in the NFL since 1998. So until their nephew... Cooper's kid that is breaking all of their records in high school gets to the NFL. There won't be another Manning. Congrats to Eli Manning on a hell of a career. And also, we got to remember, he had a terrible, terrible situation around him probably his, what, last six, seven years of NFL play? But terrible. I, I mean, that guy that had the slick back hair that was their head coach. Mac- McAdoo. 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 That guy was a terrible head coach. Everybody can admit that. Gettleman, for all of his, I mean, interesting guy as well. So let's, let's put into, you know, a little context the losses that he's had with also talking about everything he's dealt with the amount of years he played in a healthy fashion i mean eli manning is a guy that's a lock at the hall of fame yeah i mean if he didn't play the last six years his his record would have been exactly. much better exactly. he went six and ten six and ten eleven and five good year three and twelve five and eleven one and three really hurt the record there at the end well i think and it's also we very much live in a what have you done for me lately mm-hmm. What have you done for me lately? And Eli Manning has not done great in recent history, which is a lot of people's recent bias, which are also a lot of the people that utilize the internet and social media are the people that are probably coming into age and into, you know, real active fanhood during Eli Manning's crap years. You got to remember there for the first 12 or whatever years of his career, whatever it was, he was impeccable, not impeccable, but he was a damn good quarterback that made something out of nothing in a lot of occasions. And he stopped Tom Brady from two more Super Bowls. Well, and you look at some of those guys you mentioned, like Joe Namath didn't win a playoff game outside of that year. They won the Super Bowl through 173 touchdowns and had 220 picks. So he basically got in for that one iconic moment. So if you're going to pick and choose there, like Eli's had plenty of those iconic moments mm-hmm. that would be deserving enough for him to get in. We have to remember that I very much think that all these subjective awards are stupid, Hall of Fame included. But I think it is a very, very very high honor to be selected in there and to be amongst your incredible elite peers. I think he should get in. Will he? I'm sure there'll be a hilarious conversation against it at some point five years from now, but he should definitely be a lock in there. Terry Bradshaw, Jim Kelly, Steve Young, Troy Aikman, Roger Staubach, Warren Moon, Ken Stabler, Dan Fouch, Joe Namath, Kurt Warner, Bob Greasy. That's the list again. So who's who? He has more wins than all those people. Yeah, but he also lost those games. It's like, yeah, well, the last six years he's been surrounded by trash. I mean, that's not I mean, his fault. For years, his O-line was the worst O-line in the league. Well, it did, and it didn't help that he would just fall down anyone got within three yards. Yeah, he had that Manning. That optic. He had was, that, he had that Manning uh, white flag. Uh-huh. He had that Manning white flag in the in the pocket. Like, uh, yep, you can get a sack, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I am out of here. And then sometimes they would do the Manning white flag when the guy maybe wasn't going to get them, which can look bad. But look, you got to look at the durability of the Manning brothers. Yeah. The durability, and that's what Tom Brady, that's what's so impressive about Tom Brady as well. The durability of these dudes to play a position where you take some massive shots. And this is just what I talked about with T.Y. Hilton, where T.Y. Hilton is an undersized wide receiver. The only time he gets hurt is whenever it's a muscle or an ankle or something like that. It's never because he takes a big shot. He has this ability to know when he should kind of get down or get out of bounds. And at the beginning of his career, a lot of people came after him, said he was soft, like, oh, he's forfeiting on that. And then as he starts stacking up seasons, 
reasons. It's like, oh, this guy was looking out for himself. The Manning white flag is very much the same thing. They know that the best ability is availability. Durability is a good thing to have, but I just want to be able to play the next play. And if I look soft for a second, at least I'm back on the other side of it to throw the helmet catch. Another incredible, iconic moment that Eli Manning was a part of. I mean, just more and more like that. Um, All-time consecutive start streaks. Brett Favre, 297. Phil Rivers, 224. Eli Manning, 210. Yeah, durable. You're gonna look. Hey, sometimes you're gonna get posterized when you go up to try to block people. Sometimes you're gonna look soft whenever you decide you want to be the most available quarterback in history. You know what I mean? Sometimes you're just gonna have to fall over and not take a massive shot from a human that is very big, running very fast, attempting to. He played during the era whenever uh, they were ripping quarterbacks' heads oh, yeah. off. Mm-hmm. They were back there ripping quarterbacks' heads off. And that was actually taught, like, hey, you hate quarterbacks, and you don't tackle them to the ground. You tackle them through the ground. That was a real coaching point back in the day. Eli survived all that one a bunch of times. I think he's Walter Payton Man of the Year, too, mm-hmm. a couple times. I mean, he's he's for sure. Are, are the other two quarterbacks in that draft Hall of Famers? Who's that? Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger. I think Ben Roethlisberger gets in. Philip Rivers, I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> no way. No way Phil gets in. Roethlisberger doesn't get in first ballot, by the way, because of how he acts off the field. Ben Roethlisberger will get in kind of down the down the line a little bit. It'll be like a... It's not going to take long. Uh, I think it will be. you got to remember, off the field, outside of Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger is not looked at as like a... Like, he's never talked about as this elite quarterback, which he is, by the way. Like, even whenever we played against him, whenever I was listening to, like... Uh, on Wednesdays, we'd have like team keys to beat a team, and we'd be playing the Steelers. They would always talk about like, oh, Le'Veon Bell is this guy, this guy, and then Roethlisberger. They, nobody ever talked about him like he was like Aaron Rodgers, like Tom Brady, like Drew Brees. Never. And then he would put up like 55 points against us on a consecutive, like consistently he would do that. And then he would throw for 300 yards on people out of nowhere, 400 yards, win Super Bowls. Two. Win Super Bowls. It's like he is this elite quarterback. But the reason why he never gets put into that conversation is because of all the stuff that happens off the field. Now, I'm not talking about the allegations and accusations. No, no, and, I know. Uh, I'm talking about him throwing his wide receivers under the bus on a day, on a weekly radio show. Well, apparently... You know, what, Maybe he was right in doing that to some wide receivers on the team. Oh, well, come on, Tom. My biggest problem is when he did it to a rookie wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think that's the wide receiver you are referring to. Currently watching the Pro Bowl's skills challenge thing. So I'm sorry I'm interrupting, but I do have to tell you that precision passing thing that ESPN does is awesome. They need to set that up somewhere and let folks come throw on that for charity. Stat. All I did while watching these dudes throw balls at little targets was wonder how many points I could put up. I'm sure I'm not the only person that thought that. Not a great look for Lamar Jackson, but let's assume he's very good at throwing footballs because of how good he did this past season. Deshaun Watson didn't do great till late. Kirk Cousins had a field day, though. Kirk Cousins was spinning it. Russell Wilson, nothing but positivity radiating from the guy, spinning it. Jarvis Landry, Devontae Adams also did well. I mean, I like this Pro Bowl skills challenge. I think they should put money up for grabs for the guys, though. I think they would give a lot more effort. I like the entertainment level of this, though. I think this is what the Pro Bowl should be, a little bit more of it. I think we should have outright races and stuff. I like what they're doing, though. I like that they're trying to spice up the coverage a little bit. I can respect it. You know what else I like? It's something that has come into our life in more recent history, okay? There's guys that are around me on an everyday basis that are whiskey drinkers, okay? That's what they are. Whenever they get to drink good whiskey or different whiskey, they enjoy the hell out of it. Then there's some people in our office that aren't whiskey drinkers, and then whenever they drank the item we were about to talk about, they became whiskey drinkers, Do you consider yourself a black sheep, misfit, or screwball? If so, we've got the perfect drink for you, screwball peanut butter whiskey. With a warm and welcoming aroma and deliciously smooth palate, screwball peanut butter whiskey isn't your average flavored liquor. Made by a local husband and wife duo with American whiskey and peanut butter flavor, the end result is this savory and creamium creamium with a touch of sweetness. And without the lingering heavy finish you might expect. Screwball stands alone. It tastes amazing all by itself, neat, on the rocks, or as a shot. Screwball also elevates practically any cocktail into a whole new experience. Screwball is extremely versatile. 
Inspired by a wildly popular shot, invented by the co-founder Stephen Yang, and served at his popular restaurant OB Noodle House Plus Bar 1502 in Ocean Beach, San Diego, this brand is the American dream. Born in quirky Ocean Beach, California, Screwball is the brainchild of a husband and wife duo, Stephen and Brittany Yang. Stephen was a restaurant owner and foodie who was well-known for his recipes incorporating peanut butter. I respect the hell out of that. He's of Cambodian heritage and polio survivor who first fell in love with the taste when he came to America. To him, it is the taste of freedom. Hell yes, Stephen. Brittany was an attorney with a master's in chemistry. When they saw his peanut butter whiskey cocktail outselling any other spirit, they decided to bottle their own peanut butter whiskey. They ended up creating something even better than the original cocktail and dedicated it to their hometown, a small San Diego community known for its colorful mix of misfits, black sheep, and screwballs. Screwball, the original and most awarded peanut butter whiskey, is now available nearly everywhere. At 70 proof, Screwball peanut butter whiskey is the perfect shot or the perfect addition to your favorite cocktail. Pick it up at your local store or ask for it at your favorite bar or restaurant. Ready to hashtag get screwed? Go to screwballwhiskey.com for more info. Enjoy responsibly. Advertisement by Screwball Spirits, LLC, San Marcos, California. Whiskey with natural flavors and caramel color. 35% alcohol by volume. Screwball Whiskey. Change your palate up a little bit. Taste something delicious. The smoothest athletes I've ever seen in my entire life. Host of the Everything DB podcast, Darius Butler. There you go, my guy. Hey, you gotta, you got me good? Yeah, well, you got to slide to your left a little bit. Just turn the camera a little bit towards your right shoulder. Bum, bum. There good. it is. Yeah, perfect. Uh, what are you all doing? Right. You're all dressed up right now. What are you, making another billion-dollar move over there? I'm, I'm trying to, man. I'm trying to get like you, man. I'm up here in New York at, at, at Rockefeller Capital right now. Are you serious? You what know? Are... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in here. I'm in somebody's office. They let me use their office for this call. Hey, I'm happy. My life is mine. I hope you make a billion dollars. That will be your office someday. Let's move forward Absolutely. to some topics. You're a big basketball player. I've always said, after watching you play basketball, that if Darius Butler wanted to make it into the NBA, he probably could have done that. You see Zion Williamson last night, I assume. What were your thoughts of him? And how much do you hate Coach Alvin Gentry like me? You know what? I don't hate him, man. You got to look at the big picture. Take care of the guy. <sighs> that, that game meant absolutely nothing. On the on the big on the big on the big scale didn't mean anything. I was glad to see him get out there. He started off shitty, obviously, and then that fourth quarter hitting those threes like it was it was it was something out of a movie. I would have loved to see him come back and hit a buzzer beater for the win, but got to take care of the kid. I think they should have told him like, "Hey, this is your castle. Here's the keys, pal. You do whatever you need to do." He looked scared that first quarter when he got in. He looked scared every time he got the ball. He just looked scared. I mean, he was yeah. He th- it's been a while, man. It's been a while since he's been out there, and it was his first one uh, at home. It was, it was it was a big moment for the kid, but he showed up. He's a gamer. He's always been a gamer from day one. Shit, I, I'm, I'm excited for the future, man. He's got, I think he's got to lose some weight, but I'm definitely excited. <laughs> hey, me too, so I don't want to blame definitely him. There's, lose some weight. there's a lot of body shaming going on last night about Zion <laughs> on the cast. We'll talk about it. All right, let's move forward now. Everybody's wondering what's going to be harder to defend, the 49ers' physicality or the, the Chiefs' uh, speed, right? The statement is speed kills matchups. That's what everybody says. Speed kills matchups. Speed kills matchups. Do you think the Kansas City Chiefs' offense, with all of the weapons, will be able to withstand the physicality of that Niners' defense? And if they do, how do they go about doing it? Uh, it, it'll be a, it'll be a, it'll be a good game. It's strength versus strength, but I I, I got to go with the defense. That 49ers defense, they are too uh, too physical up front. And uh, your best bet against a guy like Mahomes and, and those weapons are to just rush four and get and get and get after the quarterback before. And, and San Fran can do that better than anybody else with uh, D four back healthy, both on the other side. All those first round picks up front. And on the back end, they have a lot of speed and, and talent on the back end as well. And those guys are well, well coached. You saw them, you know, kick uh, kick the Vikings' ass, kick the Packers' ass. Like, they're, they're well coached. They're healthy. So, um, I, I still believe the defense win championships. So, uh, I got I got I got to take the 49ers with that strength. Does everything tick through the defensive line? I, I think obviously everybody's life gets easier where if you can get pressure on the quarterback, but it feels like that D line is just something that is special in, in yeah, San Francisco. It, it's, it's special, and they, and they built it the right way. It took time. Uh, obviously, they sucked for a while, so they got a lot of high picks, and they used them. They used a lot of them on the, on, the, on that front, and it's, and it's paying off for them. They obviously ended up with Jimmy Garoppolo in the trade, and then getting Bosa last year at the two pick and. Um, 
well, this year at the number two pick. I mean, it, on the back end, it makes things a lot easier, and, and it adds guys in the secondary. So now if we can only rush four. Um, now we have an extra guy that can be over the top of Tyreek. We've got a guy that can help on Kelsey. Oh. You know, if we, if we have to get, if we have to send five or six to get pressure on him, then now we're kind of exposed on the back end. So you want to kind of uh, having a good front, just like the Colts back in the day when they had Mathis and Freeney, uh, you know, coming off the edges, and you know the other team is probably down fourteen in the second half, and you're trying to battle back and drop back and pass. Like you know, guys are going to rush your ass, and I don't think Casey has a good enough run game to, you know, basically keep them honest. So uh, we'll see. Okay, that coach team you referenced had Peyton Manning quarterback. Bill Polian's idea was we'll spend the money on the offensive side of the ball and on the defensive side of the ball, we'll feed Freeney and Mathis. We'll get a lead and then we'll let those two eat. There's another Manning, yeah. obviously, that just retired yesterday. Eli Manning retires yesterday. Now the conversation this morning is, is he a Hall of Fame or not? This guy has 117 wins at quarterback in the NFL, <laughs> two Super Bowl wins, yep. and he was able to do it in New York City with, at the end of his career, a lot of terrible, I think, decision makers around him. What are your thoughts on Eli Manning's career? And that question is, is he a lock for the Hall of Fame or not? I think he's a lock. Me I mean, too. You beat Tom Brady and Belichick twice in the Super Bowl. I mean, that, 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 that puts you in, in my opinion. It should. Um, obviously, you can see his career 117 and 117 like it's you know typical Eli man like it's it's nuts <laughs> that it actually ended that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, I mean he 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 had a great career. Um, you know, 16 years, long time to play, long long time. He was pretty healthy for the most part. Um, he had to a ruin his streak with freaking. I don't even want to go back to that, but uh, he you know they gave him, they gave him he went out the right way. Um, you know I I, I loved his career, but. He's got to be a lot. Got to be a lot. Has to be. I think so, too. Especially because he was able to handle it as the face of a franchise in New York City. I think that just heightens everything up even more. I, I mean, honestly, yeah. I, I think that is not an easy thing to do. I'll be excited to see how Danny Dimes handles it all as well, just as he comes from this. I mean, they look like the same guy, man. Let's they, be honest. They really do. They, it's exact <laughs> same, same coach, same, same facial expression, same everything. Danny Dimes just is a little bit more athletic, I think, obviously. That's yeah, probably a lot the more, difference. Yeah. yeah, a lot more. Yeah. All right, let's not bury Eli. <laughs> right? I mean, Take it easy on the guy. Um, <laughs> hey, down in South Florida, there's a real situation cooking with Antonio Brown. Real situation. I mean, it yeah. is it is a different level right now. And I don't know if you were at the Patriots when Aaron Hernandez was there or not, but after watching that, Aaron, yeah, it, you were. Yeah, I was at. So it's crazy. I, I've known, I knew Aaron since he was like 15 because I went to school with his older brother, uh, DJ. Um, and so Aaron used to actually come up in the summers and like work with us because he was obviously a beast in high school. So he used to work with us. Um, so I knew him, knew his family well. I was me his his brother went to um, you know college together. Played, we stayed there five years. Captains two years together, and um, still still have a good relationship. So that that was a tough, tough, tough situation to um, see. You? And then he gets drafted to the Patriots his rookie year, and he you know we're teammates. So um, it was crazy to see um, you know to see him kind of spiral out of control, kind of be around the wrong crowd, and, and you know, shit just really, really went left. Did anybody in the locker room know that he's potentially leading this life outside of the locker room, or was it two very separate lives? I think it was very separate. I was only with him for one year, you know, in the league. But, um, you know, in rookies, you know, he was – he it, honestly, he was probably one of the hardest working guys, you know, I've played with. You know, always wanted to do extra shit after practice, get better. But you, you, you kind of, you know, people have their own lives off the field, but that's something you would know. It's, it's, it's a lot more guys that I played with that I would expect it, living that type of life off the field before I would expect it from uh, Hernandez. So it, that, was, that, was, that was wild. That's what I I said that whenever the documentary, I just watched the documentary. Have you watched the documentary on Netflix yet? I did, I did. What were your thoughts on it? Uh, you know, it, it was, it was they, they, it, they got a lot of good information. They had good interviews. Some guys, I, I didn't really see the point of them being on there. Like the the offensive lineman from the Patriots, I, I don't think it was any point for me to be on the on the I agree. thing. But I, um, I didn't fully understand. Uh, maybe, maybe it was because he was trying to show like how hard it is and how hard how hard people try to hide their sexuality. While in the, I didn't fully see every conversation I've had with people in the NFL, by the way, every single yeah. that about that documentary have said the same thing. They're like, I have no idea why <laughs> yeah, that guy was in the documentary. I I, yeah, I didn't see the point. And they they kind of you know went in a lot on the and then the other guy even talking about you know their relationships. I, you know, I just don't like that type of stuff. But um, obviously the other things, the incidents. Um, obviously, you know, the people want to see, the people want to know the information. And I learned a lot, honestly. I didn't, it was a lot of things that I didn't know that I know would 
would would would you know fuck anybody's mind Jeez, up you know, outside that. of the football. Darius, you can't you can't say that word. Like you can't, that, yeah. Darius, you can't say that word. You can't say the f oh, word. Sorry. Yeah, it's, oh, I, I mean it makes sense what you're saying though. I yeah. hey, I I concur, but we are running this entire interview on delay. I was just told in the year. Okay, so after watching that though, and then they talked about how his brain was that of like an 80 year old person with dementia and how you have this conversation about concussions and now there's an attack going on on the original will smith doctor that did the cte thing do you think Uh, there's a potential tie to brain health with Uh what's going on with antonio brown right now and now i don't want to give antonio brown any excuses i think he's acting very insane right now he is not acting of a, a normal person it is his job to take that into reins and his friends to do that but after seeing what happened to Ann hernandez i think i'm a lot more conscientious to the fact that like yo antonio brown might really be going through some real problems inside of his head right now for sure and and honestly you know he i know other people um you know, that, that have played the game and played football that are struggling, you know, with some mental things. And, you know, you saw Marshawn get out there and, and talk, you know, take care of your chicken, take care of your, your mental. Like, that's real, you know, because those, those hits. And I think it, uh, you know, it compounds when you're going through other life things and, you know, once again, not surrounded by uh, good people or not taking, you know, either heeding the advice of the good people that you are around and kind of blocking them out. So uh, it, it's sad to see. And uh, it's one of those situations where you see it. We've seen it, you know, spiraling out of control. Um, we saw kind of for a while, you know, he was such a great player. I'm sure a lot of people, you know, let him get away with a lot of shit. And that's I mean, a lot of things, sorry. <laughs> so a lot of things. That, um, so um, that, that kind of once you kind of feel like untouchable, you know, you feel like on a God level in a sense. And then, you know, once you're humble, once you're grounded, it's, it's a long, long fall from the top. And I think a part of that is, you know, like you said, maybe some football things. A part of it is, uh, you know, attention seeking, I think, um, or, you know, he's, you know, was so high on the mountain and now he's kind of almost, you know, because, you know, the game goes on, you know, regardless of how, however, you know, good you are, the game goes on. So, um, He's uh, he's he's dealing with a lot, but it's sad to see. Yeah, it is very sad to see. I don't like. I actually got along with Antonio Brown in the because he was uh, literally the most devastating punt returner in the game. On top of being this incredible wide receiver, I mean, he was a nightmare. Yeah. He was a, he was an absolute nightmare whenever he was a punt returner and a wide out. And it is sad to see this all happen. I think he's going to jail today. He's going to end up in jail by the end of the day. Yeah. Very sad to hear. I mean, it's sad to hear. Yeah, I, I hope he figures it out, man. Um, you know, obviously, I don't want anybody going to jail, but Ever. you know, maybe just sitting in there for. You know, however long he figures some things out, get some real help, and, uh, you know, I hope he bounces back. All right. Well, I, I can't thank you enough for joining us. Everything DB is the podcast. He breaks everything down the, DB. It breaks down the secondary of everything. I think the fact that you like the Niners kind of scares me a little bit because you're one of the smartest football players I've ever been around. I hammered the Chiefs just yesterday. Uh-oh. But that's either here nor there. <laughs> what's what's the line right now? Is it still one and a half? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, you should have told me this yesterday. Yesterday. Sorry, All right, I'll see you. Appreciate you, Darius. Right. Um, right. That Antonio Brown thing literally is its a sad scene, man. It is a sad scene. And at some point, everybody just gives up and goes, well, he has to take care of himself. It's like... I agree, but man, it feels like he's isolating himself from humans in his house. He's doing all this stuff. It's just absolute insanity. I mean, there was always stories like with his talent, why he had to go to Central Michigan and and why he fell in the draft and and things like that. But if it was this bad the entire time with the Steelers, he would not have been. It's not been this bad. That's what I'm saying. It's had to have escalated, right? Correct. It had to have. I mean, there's always something there probably with AB, but it's it's much, much worse now than it was ever in the past. Well, let's hope he gets it taken care of. At what point are they going to start is that is the narrative going to turn to like he needs help as opposed to like oh is this well, guy remember, ever going to play in the league again? Rich Eisen, Rich Eisen, and to Rich Eisen's credit, asked a very difficult question through Aditi, I believe it was. Uh, it was one of the NFL Network reporters to ask Drew Rosenhaus. He, uh, after the interview was done, they threw to uh, an interview on location with Drew Rosenhaus, and she has this full interview about Rosen about Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is just worried about getting on the football field right now and working to prove himself as a member of society. Blah blah blah. And then she's like, "All right, that's it from here. Back to you, Rich." And Rich goes, "No, no, no. Will you ask him if Antonio Brown is mentally healthy or not?" And everybody like laughed about it. And I think the internet even said like, "That's a rude question to ask." I think that's a real question that has to be asked. Absolutely. At this point, you can't be throwing away this much stuff 
in your life and not have something completely going wrong. I and mean, he's getting a lot of attention for it, I guess. It's each thing seems to kind of escalate from the previous thing Sad. too. I don't know? like it. I don't like it one bit. I don't like it one bit. Enough with the bags of penises. <laughs> <laughs> no more. And if you want to rap, rap. So sorry to interrupt, but I need to tell you about a way that you can take care of you. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to mcafee.robinhood.com. That's M-C-A-F-E-E dot robinhood.com. Normally, investing and buying stocks and things like that is extremely complicated. Normally, you have to pay somebody to do all this shit for you. Robinhood makes it easy, helps you learn how to do it with no minimums, no commission fees. You basically can get a 101 in investment with the Robinhood app. Right now, you get a free stock whenever you go to mcafee.robinhood.com. Let's go. Let's invest in our future. Let's learn how to become the uber rich like the people that we hear about. Let's start investing with Robinhood. I literally just got a message from Terrell Owens, a friend of the show, about this entire Donovan McNabb situation. I guess Donovan McNabb went on to Bleacher Report Untold Stories. And during that conversation, he was I assume he was asked about his relationship with Terrell Owens and how it all went. Donovan McNabb said, I thought that was the major distraction for us. He's doing sit-ups, he's doing push-ups, he's playing basketball, he's ordering pizza for people out there. We're sitting at training camp like, you got to be kidding me. Dawkins comes in and was like, man, what's he doing now? I'm like, take a look. This is like days of our lives. It was unbelievable. That was what was the most frustrating for me because I knew what we could do. And if we decided to just come together, what we would be able to accomplish. All of a sudden, turmoil here and there, conversations going back and forth. And we had to answer those questions instead of focusing on what we needed to do in order to get back to where we were the headline read um during this guy there was more i assume there was more in this interview those are a couple excerpts quotes from the interview bleacher reports untold stories donovan mcnab did the headline read basically that to was the reason the entire team fell apart and that there was no success that was kind of the headline that was being drawn from this bleacher report untold stories i reached out to to and i asked him actually i reached out to Terrell Owens. I, I did. T.O. and Terrell Owens, yep. two different people. Terrell Owens actually told us that. T.O. is his character on the field. He's this person who can be everything, do everything. Terrell Owens is the person off. He said, T.O., he said, Terrell Owens, uh, this was like a year or two ago when we interviewed him. He said mm -hmm. he finds that Terrell Owens has to defend T.O. on a regular basis, but they're both good people, basically, something along those lines. So I reached out to him. I said, hey, I heard Donovan McNabb said some things. Would you like to come on the show and chat about it? Uh, just trying to do my due diligence as a sport. He said, um, actually, here you go. He said, people want to bring up old stuff. They want to bring my name up to make themselves relevant again. I'm a good person. I was raised right. I have no criminal records, no sexual assaults and or accusations, no DUIs, but yet the overall perception has people questioning my character. I am a strong-willed person and can handle it all just like I did when I played, but I will clap back to defend who I am and my character. People have hopped on that bandwagon that I was a bad teammate for years, but I've never heard of one player publicly come out and say that I was a bad teammate or agree with the narrative that I destroyed the locker room other than Donovan McNabb. So that's Terrell Owens' exact response to that. You can learn more for uh, on Get Your Popcorn Ready by T.O. and Hatch. Hatch, that's a podcast that T.O. will be dropping soon where I assume he'll dive deeper into that. That was his initial quote to me about the whole thing. Honestly, I think I, I had that view that Terrell Owens was a bad guy and that he he was always a distraction and all this stuff because I think that was the narrative that was painted to us by everybody. Now, I think social media 
kind of has taken that out of the world that we live in. Back in the day, the only things that we heard about people were through media members that wanted to tell you things, right? You never heard about punters. You never heard from me. You never heard from kickers. The only time you heard about kickers or punters was from broadcasters that knew nothing about kicking and punting, but whatever they said about it was gospel. You never heard about stories about people doing bad things unless they wanted you to hear those stories. They would hide other stories and display other stories, and it's not lying. It's just picking and choosing a narrative that they want you to believe about a certain person. Happened to Jay Cutler a lot because he didn't have a great relationship with the media they decided to show him at his worst moments when those moments were potentially happening to other people they were just choosing not to show you that because they wanted the image painted in a certain way the to image that was painted for a long time was this attention starved athlete that could never get out of his own way and was a cancer to a locker room that is literally the narrative that was painted about him by almost everybody on television almost everybody then once I got a chance to meet him, not only in person, but on this show. And then you meet teammates of his that say, like, I love playing with T.O. He pushed me to become a better player. His work ethic was incredible. Once you start hearing these things about him come out, you go, wait a minute. I don't know what to believe. And the fact that these Donovan McNabb, Terrell Owens stories are still surfacing here in 2020 with Bleacher Report's untold stories. I don't like that this is happening again to Terrell Owens. I think he's been on the right path of doing things the right way. Now, granted, his choice not to go to the Hall of Fame and instead do it at his college is is going to be one that many people are going to disagree with but i think if you look what terrell owens has done in the last like what five ten years i think most of it has been very positive in something that you would want to be friends with and a part of and when stuff like this comes out it's always going to bring out the conversation that he was a bad dude you're you're right outside of the hall of fame stuff it feels like anytime his name is brought up it's him defending himself on some guy who's just saying he was a terrible teammate a cancer in the locker room like he has by and large minded his own business and kind of just done him by the way still got it i watched him in a softball game jump over a guy and land on third base <laughs> it was unbelievable I, I was like damn look at this guy he's still got it. still an athlete i think he'll always be very confident in himself which could rub people the wrong way regardless i think he should should be in all he is in hall of fame should have been in hall of fame earlier i think he is a great player but after meeting his teammates that played with him and chatting with him like oh what was T.O. like and they're like hard worker a guy that made me want to be better and stuff like that. You never heard those stories whenever he was in the league. And I think if those stories ever got out while he was in league, this potential narrative that happens and pops up every time something negative is said about him, they literally, anytime he does anything, it just gets popped up and thrown in our face. If those stories were being told, I think it's a little bit different narrative about Terrell Holmes. Also, yeah. didn't he play in that Super Bowl with yes. a broken leg? Yeah, I, was just, yes. I was about to say, a dude who came back after like 12 days on a broken leg to play in the Super Bowl, is a good teammate. Now, he was I, out there hurt. Am I saying this because Terrell Owens has come on the show and you know gave us a really good interview and let me ask him about everything? Possibly, but I think it's because I know a little bit more about him than most people do that speak about him. Like I've actually met him personally. I've got a chance to talk to him. He's given great conversations to us about the things. He's talked about those things. Get your popcorn ready with T.O. and Hatch. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to hear him kind of um, expand on that. But that is the difference between modern day and back in the day. Back in the day, the narrative was controlled by those who were given a platform by a big network. Now with social media, you kind of cut that person out. They can still have their spin, but this person is going to clap back immediately and be like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> what you just said is a complete falsehood, blah, blah, blah. That didn't happen back in the day. What you were told was gospel until you were told otherwise. It was more of a ignorance is bliss type world. Now it feels like we know too much about too many things, but I think if more stories would have came out back then by the networks, if they wanted to put it out that T.O. was a good guy hardworking guy helped his teammates actually instead of hurt his teammates I think this narrative is a much different one personally team hate to interrupt again I do I hate it because I normally there's good shit going on you know I assume something really good was just being talked about and something great's coming on the other side I promise you that but I have to tell you that your credit card probably gives you 1% cash back but what does your bank account give you most banks give you 0.1% APY interest on your savings, but you should be earning more than that. With the Wealthfront cash account, you earn more interest on your savings. Imagine you're trying to achieve something and it would take you 50 years to do it. Now imagine you could achieve the same thing in just four months. Isn't that better? Let's say you have $20,000. With typical banks, it would take you 50 years to earn the same amount of interest it would take you just four months to earn with Wealthfront. January only. Every year we make resolutions. Eat healthier, get to the gym, get your finances in order. This year, make a resolution that you can actually keep. Earn more money. 
The Wealthfront Cash Account makes it effortless to earn more on your savings so you can be proud of your financial decisions in 2020. With the Wealthfront Cash Account, you earn more interest on your money. They have one of the highest interest rates in the market at 1.78% annual percentage yield. That's 19 times more interest than the national average of 0.09%. That's according to FDIC.gov. These are real stats, real facts in a real ass-kicking way to continue to make more money for yourself. It's easy and fast to get started. It only takes $1 and a few minutes to open an account. You can even do it right now from your phone. No paperwork required. There are no fees and your money is FDIC insured up to $1 million through their partner banks. Wealthfront's clients trust them with over $22 billion. $22 billion. And clients have earned over $70 million in interest with their Wealthfront cash. I have no idea how I haven't heard about this before this. If you're sitting home listening to me read this and talk about this, you and I are just as surprised that I hadn't heard about this earlier. Wealthfront is the ideal way to manage your money. You can save, plan, invest, and get financial advice all in one place, and they make money work harder for you. Right now, you can sign up with Wealthfront Cash account in less than five minutes by visiting wealthfront.com forward slash McAfee. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com forward slash McAfee. Go to wealthfront.com slash McAfee and start earning 19 times more interest on all your savings. That's wealthfront.com forward slash McAfee. Wealthfront is not a bank. Cash account is offered by Wealthfront Brokerage LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Wealthfront convey funds to partner banks who accept and maintain deposits, provide the interest rate, and provide FDIC insurance. The APY is subject to change. Right now, you can sign up at Wealthfront Cash Account in less than five minutes by visiting wealthfront.com forward slash McAfee. Matt in Chicago, Illinois. Matt, good luck. Uh, what's going on, Pat? A lot. I, uh, a lot's going yeah, on, Matt. A, man, I was ta- I'm trying to call about first uh, passing on Joe Burrow. Makes absolutely no sense. I feel like in 10 years, Joe Burrow haters going to be like, well, he had the... I agree with what Matt just said right there. I agree that now the conversation is, do you take Chase Young or Joe Burrow number one? And I think that's happening just strictly because those who run shows like ours are looking into the future a little bit. And boy, it is going to be a dry place for sports talk. (laughs) If we know Joe Burrow's going number one, we know Chase Young's probably going number two, maybe Tua goes number three. The conversations and debates have to start now so that we can continue them into the as one particular executive from the zone says, a dry take land. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Brumley. It's real though. The conversation of Joe Burrow and Chase Young is just getting started, uh, right? Who should you take? Who should you take? Chase Young, Ohio State Buckeye. Joe Burrow, formerly Ohio State Buckeye. Cincinnati Bengals, bum team in Ohio. Although they had a lot of wins not too long ago, could never really get over the hump. They bring in a new coach and they try to win and they stink worse than the team that everybody thought was going to try to lose. They're at a bad place right now. They don't have an indoor practice facility former greats of the game retired from there because they just didn't want to be associated with the franchise anymore and nothing has changed in the front office department since those days so to think that this team could potentially trade away the face of their franchise for at least the next 15 years an ohio stud an ohio star a kid that went from throwing 16 touchdowns to 60 touchdowns because he ran an NFL-style offense instead of a college-style offense. To think that this guy, who seems to be cool in all situations, a guy that loves Ohio, a guy that would relish the opportunity to turn around the Bengals, to think that the Bengals would choose not to pick that person is something that the Bengals could do. Nobody would be surprised if they did. But honestly, complete buffoonery for anybody else with a brain outside of the Bengals organization to even talk about. You take Joe Burrow and you ride that Burrow wave for the next 10 years there's going to be some bad times early I assume that team's not just going to turn around overnight but he's a guy that has grit he's a guy that has talent he's a guy that has a mentality that you want to have at quarterback and Joe Burrow is going to take them to places that the Bengals have never been unless you plan on taking Chase Young and tanking for Trevor Lawrence you take Joe Burrow so you would take Joe Burrow over Trevor Lawrence or you would take Trevor Lawrence over Joe Burrow not after that national championship that's what I'm saying so then you're tanking for a guy that you could have this year what if the Dolphins offer all three of their first rounders for the number one? You take it. You take that. 
think you have to, don't you? Yep. And then you just become the Bengals in perpetuity. You forever, you're the Bengals. <laughs> you get to you get to it five, and then you uh, have Andy play out his last year of his contract, and then Tua takes over. In the uh, Andy Dalton posted a photo on his Instagram of him smiling. I'm happy to see that because Andy Dalton has been a victim of circumstance there at the Bengals for the last few years. People forget Andy Dalton, winning quarterback in the NFL. Winning quarterback. Somehow, someway, there was something that was mentioned the other day on my Twitter because a couple of Chicago blogs posted my uh, my quote. I mean, I was making fun of Zito during the quote, but they took that out of the conversation and just put my words. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of put me in a bad spot. But, I mean... I mean, I still kind of believe it. We said this last year. We thought that the Bears should try to make a move for Cam Newton last year. Whenever it was Kyle Allen and Will Greer and that whole thing was happening, Christian McCaffrey became the face of the Panthers and Cam Newton was sitting down there. I thought that the Bears should make a move for Cam Newton. I still think they should potentially make a move for Cam Newton or another quarterback. What was mentioned in my mentions after that quote was just pulled and put into place there by a couple blogs, Andy Dalton potentially ends up at the Chicago Bears. Andy Dalton gets moved out because they have Joe Burrow and then and the Bears potentially pick him up as a quarterback. Would you ever rather have Andy Dalton or Mitchell Trubisky? I would hammer the handsome ginger 10 times out of 10 over Mitchell mm-hmm. Trubisky, Andy Dalton. Without I mean, question. Before this year, his record was 68 and 50. A lot better than uh, a lot of football players out there. He went on to win like nine games straight for like three years in a row or something, Andy Dalton. In the Cincinnati Bengals, you got to remember, this is a place that doesn't have an indoor facility. In Cincinnati, Ohio, it's not just the fact that they don't have an indoor facility. Think about that. Think about that. If there's a lightning, you can't, what do you do? You'll practice in the gym? <laughs> like, wait, wait, oh, we got to delay practice five hours today because, I mean, that's just something you have to, for Andy Dalton to be as successful as he's been able to be at the Bengals. And I think, by the way, we should give Marvin Lewis a lot more credit, too, for being able to win there. I don't think that ever gets accounted for. I mean, never in the playoffs. Yeah, you hate him. But it is one of those things where that Bengals franchise seems like maybe a, a doomed franchise, and they were able to win a lot of games there for a while with a lot of players that not a lot of other people wanted. Pac-Man Jones was there. Nobody else wanted him. He went to the Pro Bowl a couple of times. Andy Dalton went to the Pro Bowl a couple of times. They had teams over there. Hushman Zada was over there for a little bit. <laughs> Von says perfect. Oh, Excuse you. Sorry. Are you okay? Thank you. Bless you. Yeah. Appreciate the concern. Vontez Burfitt was there. <laughs> I mean, they had a lot of players there for a long time, and they were able to win games in spite of the Bengals themselves. But Andy Dalton is a guy who could potentially move, but it may be him sitting in front of Tua for a year, just like we were thinking with Ryan Fitzpatrick sitting, uh, having Tua sit behind him for a year. I think Tua sitting, getting healthy behind a veteran quarterback is a good idea. I think Andy Dalton is a guy that he could sit behind and learn from and become better. Yeah, I mean, that organization, A.J. Ground, AJ Green got hurt this year because they had to go practice on some Mickey Mouse field. That, is that real? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, see, this is 2020. The NFL has been making billions and billions of dollars for a long time now. And it's an agreement about all of them make money. Like, if you if they sell no Bengals jerseys, they still make money off of 30 other teams' merchandise sales. Now, the Cowboys, Jerry Jones has negotiated his own deal where he only pays himself, which... Is hilarious that he's been able to do that. But everybody else has a licensing agreement together. So they're still making money regardless of how good their team is, regardless of how many stars they have or jerseys they sell or tickets they sell. They're still making money because the league is making money off these TV rights. And they still have yet to really be a professional operation. And that, to me, is hilarious in 2020 that the other owners haven't gone like, hey, man, you... You kind of stink at your job. Like, is there any way you can maybe hand off the power to somebody else and they can do it? The Brown family's like, absolutely not. We're going to run these Tigers right into the ground if we possibly can. (laughs) And that's what they'll do. I think they'll do that until they can. Mm -hmm. I'm happy Joe Burrow's going there, though. I think Joe Burrow's going to be a good Bengal. It's the right spot for him. He's got a face against Lamar Jackson, a skinny Ben Roethlisberger, and maybe a new Baker Mayfield with Kevin Stefanski. Is the AFC North all of a sudden the most electric division in football? After seeing Baker at that fight, I don't know who's who's bigger, him or Ben. Like, oh, we are not a body Whoa. shaming show, Tony. You hear me? I didn't wasn't body shaming. Well, there's been a lot of body shaming last night. I've about always Zion. said that Fat Ben is a better Ben. We because he's more carefree Ben, yeah. and he's happy Ben. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just stand back there and take. Guys, just bounce off him. Okay, okay. I can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this. You can listen to a lot of other stuff and you choose to listen to this. And for that, I thank you. I hope you have the greatest weekend of your life. Big thanks to Darius Butler for stopping by. Uh, big thanks to all the boys at the office for making this week happen. I can't thank you all enough. This is the best life ever. 
Remember to enter the hashtag Pat I predict contest where you're trying to guess the score of the Super Bowl correctly. You must use the hashtag Pat I predict on Twitter and you could win yourself a thousand dollars. Yep. All right. Ty Schmidt, play some independent music. Let's get these people into the weekend in beautiful fashion. For those interested, this is I Want to Be by Declan.